Hi, I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal, and welcome to Buzz Out Loud, the podcast of indeterminate length, the final issue of the podcast this week without Molly Wood. Thank our lucky stars. Coming back Monday, fresh from holiday, an appearance on Montel that was on yesterday. We're recording this podcast on Friday. We got some phone calls to get to later on. We got some emails to read, and uh, we have a little little detail on a Super Mario Brothers opera. But first, I want to talk a little bit about the decline of the desktop. Veronica, do you still have a desktop PC? Yeah? Only at work, not at home. Only at work. I do not even have a desktop PC at work. I only have a laptop at work. Well, I mean, I have a desktop Mac at home. You have a desktop Mac. I do not have a desktop PC. Do you have a <laughs> Do you have a laptop at home? No, I don't. Okay. When I said PC, I was using it in the personal computer sense, after. not in the Windows machine sense. All right. So you still have one. Yeah. There's an article out there on Computer World about the decline of the desktop and how basically laptops are no longer a luxury item, but they are becoming the default choice for people. Now, this is interesting because I didn't realize until it said that I almost never use my desktop anymore. I almost always use my laptop now. I want a laptop. And um, I think everybody does. I think everybody everybody is getting that way. I mean, I use my desktop PC simply for finances because it's that is secure. I can unplug mm-hmm. it from the internet. I can turn it off. I'm not going to lose it because I'm not carrying it around with me. Uh, but that's it. Every My surfing... You know, I'll do it. I'll bring the laptop in, sit at the desk and surf on the laptop Mm -hmm. because that's got all my bookmarks on it now. Well, there's still a lot of things that people can do on a desktop better than they can do on a laptop, especially when you're in the production field. What, what, what are those things? Well, capacity issues like storing and editing. Okay. Processing power. Like my G5 is obviously going to be better than most other laptops. Laptops are getting more and more powerful, but it's true. and, And you can plug in external drives and whatnot to it. But then that just adds to the weight of everything you're carrying around. Well, but you don't have, I mean, you could carry it around for the things you want to carry it around, but then when you want to do the editing or whatever, you plug it all together. You could have a dock station. True. Just being devil's advocate. So I, I don't think desktops are dead by any stretch of the imagination. I think there will always be a place for them. There will. There will always be a place for that form factor, mm-hmm. right? But I think laptops are becoming the default choice. We, uh, we got my sister-in-law a laptop for a birthday gift last year because she's in college and she was complaining that, you know, all my friends have laptops, maybe not all of her friends, but so many people have laptops and they just sit around on the quad at the college and do their homework while she was having to either go to the computer lab or go all the way home and use the desktop at home. Colleges and business people are probably the two top markets. Reasons why this is becoming such a phenomena, I think. Well, I have to say, I think colleges seeded personal computers into the populace as people mm-hmm. came out of colleges they, they started one. wanting one at right. you know at home anyway and laptops are it's becoming the same way all my friends in college had laptops almost and it's the prevalence of wi-fi is one of the big things right. you know going to the coffee shop going to the airport if 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 google does get wi-fi everywhere as we as google pretty much owns the world now mm-hmm. but if why no seriously if wi-fi does appear everywhere uh, as it is in some cities this is going to fuel people wanting a mobile computing platform. Will it still be the laptop, though? Are you thinking like smaller things like handhelds? Yeah, I mean, like the Trio or, or, or something like the OQO. 
you know, something oh. in be- in between. Uh, yeah, I saw one of those last night. Actually, it's a pretty, it's pretty very, nifty, it's pretty isn't nice. it? My, yeah, my friend won one at a raffle last night. Re- no way. Yeah. What kind of raffle is that? Just you know, industry event. Uh yeah, I can't. I can't win those. I'm. I'm disqualified from. He that. didn't. He doesn't work. So yeah. See. In the field. Maybe that's what I should consider doing. Not working. <laughs> Winning things at raffles. Now this. This also. I wanted to bring in what I talked about yesterday with that hundred dollar crank laptop. Oh right. So, one of the immediate objections, like you were saying, is I would like to have a laptop, but you know it is an investment. Some of them are under a thousand dollars now, but a lot of them are still one, two, three grand. And not everybody can throw down for that without a student discount. So the $100 laptop from Nicholas Negroponte. I apologize for not having all of this information yesterday when it came up. But the co-founder of the Media Lab at MIT, the co-founder, has detailed specifications for a $100 wind-up powered laptop targeted at children in developing nations. This is is amazing. We should get him on the show. Absolutely. Make a note of that. Nicholas, get him. Uh, Yeah, that would be wonderful. Because, I mean... Children in developing nations, adults in developing nations, I probably would want one just to play around with it, which is sort of crude, but I mean, the, the wind-up laptop, I assume it will have Wi-Fi capability in it. I can't imagine it wouldn't. Uh, 500 megahertz processor, one gig of memory, you know, it's it's bare bones, but it's a $100 laptop. Yeah. And that's that's huge. I mean, this. I was excited about that wind-up radio that they have. Uh, to help distribute radios into the developing world. This this trumps that by far. So now we've got people getting laptops possibly all over the world. We've got computing everywhere, possibly. And this brought up another story that I saw on news.com. Uh, the demand for used PCs is on an upswing, especially in the developing regions. One, one in every dozen computers used worldwide is a secondary PC. And about 152 million used systems were shipped in 2004. Now, I wonder if part of this isn't fueled by the fact that processing speed isn't everything anymore. An older processor, even under a gig, can still handle quite a bit of what we do now. Vista may change that, <laughs> but... It remains that, you know, I, I only have, I think, a, a one point something gig at home, at home like 1.2 in my Dell. It works fine. I've had it for years. And a few years ago, that wasn't true. It was like every 18 months, like Moore's Law, I was mm-hmm. switching my computer out. So used PCs becoming a bigger market. $100 laptops. The switch to laptops altogether. The personal computer on every desk the the objection to that has always been like yes but it's a luxury item it's not becoming a when no. you can buy it used and you can buy it for a hundred dollars people are switching over to laptops so good desktops are becoming cheaper because of the lack of demand definitely almost becoming a necessity at this point for a lot of people it is becoming as much of a necessity as electricity i would i, I think that would be fair to say in other words you can live without electricity but most people feel it's a necessity yeah. to, to live a modern life. And that is one of the big problems with getting elect- the electrification of rural and developing areas. Well, I think the internet is the, one, is the thing that's driving this. Right. I mean, what is a computer without internet connectivity? I mean, have you, have you used your computer when you didn't have internet connectivity? 
for games, but games. Okay, that's good. But word processing. Major. Yeah, word processing. But then I you guess. can't really do the research to work no. on what it is you're writing, unless you're writing fiction. <laughs> Even then, you need to do some research. That's true. It's such a major mode of communication for people now that I would say it would be more like getting rid of your cell, like telephone rather than electricity. Like not yeah. having it would be more that's like a, losing. That, uh, that's a little tighter analogy. Yeah. Because it is more of a communications device. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And not just a cell phone. Well, you're talking about a landline too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even have a landline anymore. Yeah. I, I, that's another thing. People I haven't have, had one for four years. People have computers and no landlines. Remember when we used to have landline telephones and only four channels on TV? <laughs> Remember? Remember back in the day? What do you think, folks? Do you think it's, uh, do you think desktops are on the way out? Do you think computers are, are going to be ubiquitous uh, in places that don't even have televisions? Do you think we'll have computers? Give us a call, 1-800-616-CNET, or email us, buzz at cnet.com. And speaking of which, I will get to the Super Mario Opera, but we have a couple calls here. Uh, Charlie Craig, I want to apologize a little bit. Back on Monday, I uh, I answered his trio question, and then uh, or, or we, he had a comment about the uh, the Jet Blue, and then said something about the trio, which we talked about. Uh, but he he kind of trailed off, and then he he emailed me. He's like, "Hey, I called you back right after that with a complete cell, complete call, but w- we missed it in in the sorting. So we'll play it now. Call from Charlie. Hey guys, it's Charlie Craig in Los Angeles. If you fall off the horse, you got to get back on. Uh, you guys threw me with all that Trio news the other day. First, I hear that people are suing Trio uh, over, I guess, the 600 and the 650, which kind of freaked me out. Uh, then I hear that maybe I'm paying too much for my data plan. I'm on Verizon. I'm paying 50 bucks. Am I paying too much for my data plan? Then I find out that the 700 is coming out, which means I went in one day from having, like, the cool phone out there to having, you know, yesterday's phone, which is sort of disturbing. And the rest of it is repeating what we talked about with JetBlue on Monday. Uh, that the pilot did shut off the coverage in the plane that was being covered. This is the plane that was making the emergency landing because of the stuck landing gear. But uh, your trio is still cool, Charlie. It's still 650. You've got a Palm trio, not one of these Windows trios. I'm just trying to make him feel better. Actually, the 700 is pretty cool, too. Uh, and the data plan, I want to get into that when Molly comes back. So I know she knows a little bit more of this, but I think he may be paying too much for the data plan. $50 seems a bit high. But Molly knows about that, so we'll hold that one for Monday. Uh, we have another call from an unidentified caller. We do ask when you call to at least identify yourself by first name or nickname or handle, just so we have something to call you. But here we go. Anyone with a real purient curiosity about the Nano may want to download Kevin Rose's system dissection of the such. It's very interesting to see what's inside the Nano Although I hope you'll ask Kevin if he was able to bring it back to life. Thank you. Bye. Yes, there's another guest that we need to book, Kevin Rose of System. Uh, if you haven't seen System, go to revision3.com. It is a show on the Revision 3 network, which is a uh, an only online network. And uh, I've missed two episodes now. I just realized this. But he hacked open uh, an iPod Nano as soon as it came out and got inside of it. And I can't wait to watch it and find out. So I will watch it and we will, we will comment on it and maybe we'll try to get Kevin to come on the show. But there's a, there's an episode after the nano episode too, about podcasting, which of course I should watch that since I do one. I don't know if you knew that. All right. A couple emails and then we'll get to the super Mario. I promise. 
Uh, Ryan wrote in and was asking if he should get rid of his Kalanai Audio U2 in exchange for the Nano based on what James was saying in the podcast earlier this week about the Nano being scratched up. You know, if you want, do it. It's not broken in most cases, and they will absolutely replace it if the screen is cracked. The thing works well. You know, the music plays well. The functions work well. It's just that it scratches up easier. And in that vein, Mark pointed out something that we touched on, but we didn't really talk about as much as we should. If you get a, one of those PDA screen overlays, apparently they work great and they, they keep your nano from getting scratched up. It's, it's a little plastic overlay. And James talked I, and James and I talked about it, that, but I, I think it was a little confusing. So Mark, yeah, you're right. Get a PDA screen overlay and add that to the nano and that will help protect it from scratches. All right. So uh, just to finish up, go to the-mario-opera.com and you will find the trailer for a Super Mario opera. That's right. An opera based on Super Mario. There's the backstory. There's a trailer. Uh, there's some songs that you can listen to from MySpace. So I, I highly recommend it. It is the feel-good hit of September. And that is the end of September, and Molly's coming back when October starts. So thanks, folks. 1-800-616-CNET or email us buzz at cnet.com. See ya. See ya.